Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to brand new BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented today by The Green Solution. Visit any one of The Green Solution's 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online, mygreensolution.com. Reserve your products online. Pick them up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use promo code BSN20, BSN20, for 20% off your entire purchase. What's going on, guys? Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here. Friday edition of the show. Recording today here at Sports Column, downtown Denver, a couple blocks from Coors Field. If you guys are ever in the area, make sure to check these guys out. Great sports bar, tons of TVs. Huge bar, anything you could possibly want to eat or drink. This place is going to be popping for the tournament this weekend. I can guarantee you probably later tonight while we're watching the Nuggets and the Thunder in Oklahoma City. Here's what we're going to do on today's show. Felt like this would be a good time. I mean, Friday afternoon, the Nuggets are in Oklahoma City tonight, like I mentioned. I don't want to spend that much time on that game because a lot of you will probably listen to this show after that game wraps up, but maybe this is a good time to just look at the Denver sports landscape as a whole and how the respective teams in Denver, the Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche are covered. If that's fair, what kind of changes need to be made? I feel like we can debate that subject and talk about that subject for quite a while. Well, I like doing this with you too, because I'm coming in as an outsider. Uh, I've been in Denver for about three years now, so it was a little bit of shock to me coming into this media market and kind of feeling it out and for you it's just the norm and I guess what I'm talking about in particular is just the Broncos freaking mania yeah that might be a good place to start you say you were shocked when you arrived in Denver from Dallas via Oklahoma City for a year is that right Uh, a couple different places Yeah. yeah I grew up in the Dallas Fort Worth area and I grew up in it. I mean, Dallas-Fort Worth is obviously a really football-obsessed region. Um, high school football is king in, in Texas. Uh, you should, I mean, some of those games draw 50,000 people. The Cowboys are, are obviously the number one team in that market. But 
this area is more obsessed with the Broncos than the Dallas-Fort Worth area is obsessed with the Cowboys by a pretty significant margin, I think. Wow. Um, I mean, all the, the radio stations there, I mean, Cowboys are a number one talking point, obviously, but they all do the four major sports, all of them. And here, there are two radio stations uh, basically you know, dedicated to only covering the Broncos. Right. There are two dedicated to the Broncos, Altitude 950. They do a good job covering all the sports here in Denver. I got to give those guys props for sure. That's so interesting. You're telling me that in Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, right? The most popular team in this country for the last 20, 30 years. They get less play on the local radio waves compared to what the Broncos get in this town. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, just the the piece of the pie that the radio stations and the newspapers are writing and, and talking about the Cowboys seems to be less, I mean, in my very unscientific observation than the Broncos here. No, I mean, I think you're, you've been here long enough. You're in tune enough with the local media scene to have thoughts on that, to, to draw a conclusion on that. But that's pretty eye-opening. And in, in the Dallas-Fort area, too, I mean... The Mavericks were really good. Like they're winning fifty games almost every year. But I would say that they're you know firmly number three behind the Cowboys and Rangers. There, um, I mean the Nuggets. I've been here for two good, good seasons, I and mean, I would consider last year a good season. And twenty sixteen seventeen was you know a fun, exciting season, even though right. they were just okay. Um, but it really took until this year for. For people to, to care about the Nuggets, I think. I mean, that's reflected through the attendance numbers. Denver's all the way up to 12th this year. But, I mean, 2016-17, when Jokic kind of burst onto the scene and they are putting up a lot of points and there was promise, they're dead last in attendance. That was that was kind of crazy to me. Yeah, and I'm, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. But, like, the Nuggets are covered, you know, locally. And I'm not talking about what we do at BSN Denver, because I feel like we cover each sport pretty equally. But, you know, when speaking about the major media outlets in the state, the Nuggets are covered like a lottery team, you know. They're a team that's covered with the expectation that maybe they'll have one or two shining moments per season. You know, maybe they'll have one or two good wins, but largely they're not going to do anything. That's just how uh, they've been covered really for the last five or six years, and that's really all I can speak to. And this is the first year it feels like it's changing. Um, look, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast, like they probably don't pay that much attention to local TV news, um, and that's fine. And I don't mean that, you know, to criticize local TV news or anything. That's that's not really where I get my information, but a lot of people do. A lot of people mm-hmm. in Denver do that, and those people are consistently showing up this year in ways I haven't really seen before. I mean, Nine is out there, Channel 4 is out there. there a lot of them are there consistently this year. That's a, a complete departure from the last couple of years. Yeah, maybe a little peek behind the curtain here. So here's what goes on behind the scenes at Nuggets practices. Denver will practice, say, on a morning from 10 to 12, just, you know, just throwing out some numbers out there. Media arrives at the end of that practice. Uh, Media is led in usually to watch the last five minutes of a Nuggets practice. Typically, that's players just, you know, shooting around, nothing crazy. It's not like Nuggets are going over their game plan for next night's opponent over those last five minutes. And we're obviously not going to be privy to that. 
and we get into the gym. You know, we you know might take some videos, just chop it up with who's ever around, and local TV stations will set up their cameras right on the side of the court to capture B-roll so they can show that on the newscast later that night. There's a lot more TV cameras this year setting up for practices and at shoot-arounds than there were years past. Like you mentioned, Channel 9, Channel 4, Fox. People coming from outside of just Denver to capture B-roll of this Nuggets team. That's a good indicator probably of what direction the coverage is headed. Yeah, and I think it's an indicator that you know casual fans – there's a lot more interest this this year in the Nuggets. I mean, the hardcores, a lot of them have never left. But I would say too that you know hardcore fans, um, it seems like the Nuggets have the, the fewest of them too. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I've connected with so many of the, the hardcore fans, and these past couple of years, it's probably been difficult to, you know, be a hardcore before these last two or three years or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the hardcores have always been there. Probably a lot of people listening to this podcast are fall under that category. But, yeah, I mean, just the casual fan interest feels like this year there was a significant change. How would you rank the four sports here in town in terms of popularity? Is that a, is that a good way to categorize it or just, like, poll? How would you rank the four sports in terms of dominance in the Denver local sports scene, I guess. Uh, coming in as outsider, clearly the, the Broncos are number one. Right. Uh, I would say the Rockies are number two. The Avalanche are number three. And I would say the Nuggets are fourth. I would agree with that ranking. Broncos are number one. The Broncos are covered in this town like they're a perennial Super Bowl contender every single season. The Rockies, the fact that baseball is a summer sport, and I'm curious how this is in other markets with four major sports. The fact that the Rockies and baseball is a summer sport. The fact that it's so casual, you can just go to a game, drink a beer. It's not hard to talk about baseball if you know nothing about it. Like I've worked in baseball for a couple years. I still don't know a whole ton about baseball. But you, know, you can talk about baseball with anybody. You can talk about the Rockies with anybody. Anybody wants to go to a Rockies game because it's just a good time. You know, when you go to a Nuggets game, you're kind of like expected to pay attention to the game. When you go to Coors Field, you don't have to pay attention to the game. The fact that baseball is so casual and it serves to a casual fan, it helps out the Rockies in this town specifically, I feel like. I agree. They're probably number two. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that just the weather and the overall atmosphere at Coors Field has a, a lot to do with that, like yeah. you said. I mean, I've lived in four different states, and Colorado has – by far the best weather and especially by far the best summer weather. I mean, you go to a, a game at the ballpark in Arlington in July, I mean, it'll be a 7.05 first pitch and it's 96 degrees and the sun's Oof. going down and it's humid and like you're literally sweating just sitting there. I mean, more so there, you really have to, to like baseball to go to the game, I think. Here, I mean, it, it's so nice at night during the summer here. Coors Field is a party. I had the party deck was like one of the smartest things any of the pro sports teams have done here in the last 10 years. So it's a great atmosphere. You weren't here when the party deck was built. The Rockies were killed for building the party deck That's when hilarious. they originally did. You want to know what the narrative was? The party deck cost like $2 million bucks to build. Why aren't you using that $2 million on a starting pitcher? <laughs> that was the narrative. But I think everybody enjoys it now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of evidence now that the Montforts aren't cheap. Like, they're, they're shelling, out, shelling out a lot for this team. Yeah, they're shelling out 
almost what 300 mil almost for Nolan Arenado. Yeah, well, Denver, the the pre-party deck era and the post-party deck era. <laughs> so that's how I define the, it. The third team in those rankings, the Avalanche. Avalanche are so funny in this town. This is a big hockey town. Denver loves their hockey. And the Avs can be good or the Avs can be bad. And I feel like the attention from the Avs fan base, the desire for content, the desire to talk about the Avs that never really wavers, maybe it's because hockey is the most niche sport out of those four. But the diehards in hockey probably rank one or one a with Broncos diehards in this town, at least from my perspective, hockey fans are incredible fans. Yeah. We see that BSN Denver too. I yeah. mean, we have, we have great avalanche fans who follow the coverage that Adrian Dater and, and AJ do and Jesse and those guys. Um, they do have a, a ton of, of just hardcore fans. You know, I think part of that is obviously the Avs were freaking awesome to two Stanley cups there. I mean, Anytime you, you win a championship, that gives you like five to ten years of um, just capital with fans, I think. Definitely. And the other thing I wonder about, too, is uh, just like the, the demographics. I mean, you know, fans who follow hockey are, let's be honest, they're, they're mostly white. Yeah. Uh, I would say out of any sport, probably the whitest. And this is a really white city. It is. <laughs> it definitely is. You're right. That's a good point about a championship giving a team some runway because I mean, the abs haven't won since like early two thousands when you're talking about Stanley cups, but you know, that was really the, the predecessor. That's what established the diehard fan base in this town. Those Stanley cup runs, the Broncos are still benefiting off that too, from 99, 2000, 2001 in football. I mean, that's, those championship runs have given the Broncos like a 10, 15, 20 year runway now. And it feels like Broncos fans still live off of that. Doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I saw this effect in the Dallas fourth area when the Mavs won the championship in 2011 and they basically tore the team down after that. Yeah. And those are some really depressing years after that. Like it was, it was pretty unfortunate for Dirk to, to have to finish his career that way, honestly, on some, some not very competitive teams, but the fans were still coming out and they were living off of that glory and they wanted to see Dirk in his twilight too. And yeah, you definitely see that effect with the Broncos um, these last two years. I just wonder when does that capital run out? Like when when does some of them get turned off at what point? Yeah, that's a good question. I've got some theories about maybe what it would take for another team to supplant the Broncos in that Denver sports hierarchy I'm not sure if it will ever happen, but... It's not happening. (laughs) Before we get to that, though, a quick word from Strava Craft Coffee. If you guys aren't familiar with Strava Craft Coffee, it's a game-changing coffee. I personally could not recommend it anymore. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. These guys' reviews, they're incredible. Make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped to decrease anxiety... You name it. CBD is all natural, not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today. Receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout. You'll get it shipped straight to your door. 
Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Green Solution. Make sure to check those guys out. Use the promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase at mygreensolution.com. Will a team ever supplant the Broncos as the top team in the Denver sports pantheon? Well, let me just run you through the darkest Broncos timeline for this year. Okay. Uh, let's say Joe Flacco, um, I don't know, plays eight games this year, and then he gets hurt or something like that. Like he throws like se- like six touchdowns, like 12 interceptions, and the Broncos are really bad again. Like they, let's say they win, I don't know, five, six games, and John Elway gets canned. That's, you know, the darkest timeline I can think of for this year. They would still be number one next year by a significant margin. Like it would take... It would take like a decade of darkest timelines all in a row for the Broncos, I think, to even be like challenged. I would agree because if that series of events unfolded, there's always more storylines. There's always more content and questions that gets opened up because then you say, all right, wow, John Elway, he, he's out of town. You know, Mr. Denver Sports, he's gone. Who's going to replace him? I mean, that opens up... Uh, hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months and months of discussion. The quarterback situation. I mean, the quarterback in football in a city is usually going to be like the number one talking point out of you know any other singular player. Joe Flacco, he's going to generate a ton of conversation this season, no matter how good he is. If he gets benched, look, that's even more discussion, more conversation that's going to be out there. Who's going to replace him? Do you draft a quarterback? It's a never-ending cycle, it seems like. Well, the quarterback discussion has so, become so like embedded in Denver sports fans' brains. There's literally an ad on altitude that's like, springtime, time for a new quarterback, time for a new air conditioning unit, too. <laughs> like That's an actual ad that plays an altitude that I listen to in the mornings. <laughs> right. It's like, what? You can never run out of things to talk about when discussing a quarterback. Do you remember the summer, I mean, I guess it was last summer, uh, Paxton Lynch versus Simeon? Or no, it was the summer before that. And two, like, two, two seasons ago? Yeah. Yeah, two seasons ago, and like the fan played it up like it was like Holyfield and, and Tyson or something like that. Yeah, like pick they, your side. Yeah, they, they played it up like it was like an incredible heavyweight fight, and it was like these two scrub-a-dubs. These two quarterbacks who probably shouldn't even be in the league. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Simeon, I think he's a fine backup. Paxton Lynch, it's uh, debatable. Yeah. So I think we're both in agreement that that's probably not going to change. I mean, what happens if the Nuggets win a championship in the next three, four years? Ooh. Um, I mean, I think uh, if they win a championship, that completely changes everything. Really? Yeah. I you mean, think, it, do you think there's a chance they could overtake the Broncos if they win a championship? Because um, I don't. No, I don't think they would overtake I the don't. Broncos. But, like, if you, I mean, if you win a championship, it just legitimizes you, like, in a, in a completely different way. Like, you had that monkey off your back forever. Like, before the Mavs won that championship, there were, like, people around DFW were calling them the one-and-done boys. Like, mm-hmm. They were, like, a punchline. And they got that one championship, and suddenly everything is different about them. And, I mean, you can't even, like... You, you can criticize Cuban, but, like, I don't know. He, he's always got that in, it, in his back pocket. Like, it just, it just changes so much about you. For, and, you, I mean, you're, you're just viewed as legit. The one-and-done boys, that's how the Nuggets were looked at under George Carl. One-and-done in the playoffs every season except 2009 when they went to the Western Conference Finals and almost beat the Lakers. And that's why I think locally – 
nationally, but more so, lo- more so locally, the Nuggets have an incredible amount of pressure during these playoffs to win a first round series as unfair as that might be, because I, I personally think that is unfair. I think this will be a successful season regardless of if they win a first round series or not, just in terms of a big picture outlook. You know, it will be a disappointment if they lose in the first round, but generally speaking, I think this will be a successful season no matter what happens. That's not going to be how it's treated locally, though. And so I just think there is an incredible amount of pressure on the Nuggets. The fact that they're probably going to be the two seed and most likely be a favorite in that first round playoff matchup. Maybe except if they're against the Thunder, I could potentially see Oklahoma City being a favorite in that series. But there's going to be a lot riding from a local narrative perspective on if the Nuggets can get out of the first round this year. Well, you know certain members of the old media guard in Denver already have those tweets in their draft saved that are, if the Nuggets lose in the first round, oh, same old Nuggets, they're soft. This this media core that covers the Nuggets, they told us that they were good and they were legit and they lied to you again. Yeah. Like those tweets are just going to come out of the woodwork uh, immediately. I can already see it. There is some pressure on them. And I think it, look, I think it's a successful season if they're competitive in a play, in a first round playoff series. Like if they just get their heads bashed in, then I don't think that's successful. Like they got to at least show some fight and if they show some fight and lose. It will be disappointing, but I agree with you that it will be successful. It was another step for this team, but yeah, man. I mean, it would it would really help us out if they just won that first round series. I think you're totally right. It's going to be a narrative that will follow this team if they lose in the first round for the entire summer, obviously, and into next season. I mean, imagine if the Nuggets have a regular season next year like they did this season after they lose in a first-round playoff series. They're not going to be taken seriously for the entire regular season. No matter what they do, no matter who they beat, no matter how well anybody on this team is playing, they're just going to be judged and remembered for whatever happens in the playoffs in a month from now. I mean, that, that's how much they have riding on this thing. So I think the Nuggets can win a first-round playoff series. It's going to depend a lot on the matchup, I think. They should win the first round series, but the fact that this team is so young and really hasn't been there before, like we talked about on Tuesday's show with Matt Moore, we just don't know. Denver has eight games left. If they just go four and four, that gets them to 54 wins. Nobody expected him to get to 54 wins. Altitude played this segment um, before the Rockets game where Vic was asking a bunch of different players before the start of the regular season, write down on this little whiteboard how many games you think you're going to win this year. And all of them were coming up with like uh, 48, 49, 50. I think Nicole Jokic was at 50. That's what all the players expected. Malik Beasley was the only guy who had somewhere in the mid-50s. So, yeah, I mean, they've, they've blown past expectations, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. But it is – you know, a double-edged sword, like you were saying, that it's raised expectations, too. I had him at 50, and I had him at 50, but getting the four seed. I thought the West was going to be a little better at the top this year, just win-loss-wise. So I even underestimated what they were going to do. So Uh, let's hit a break real quick. A couple more things I want to get to on the other side. I want to rank the four biggest stars in Denver for their respective sports. Nolan Arenado, Nathan McKinnon, 
Nikola Jokic and Von Miller, just in terms of who's the best athlete in the aggregate in Denver. And we'll get into that on the other side. We'll be right back. Hyperelectric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by The Green Solution. You guys can get 20% off your entire purchase at mygreensolution.com with the promo code BSN20. Make sure to check that out. Here's the next question I want to answer in this discussion. Who is the top sports athlete in Denver in terms of you know, how they rank? If you're putting together an, a composite of NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB players, who do you think is the top guy in Denver when looking at the main four guys, Nolan Arenado, Nathan McKinnon, Von Miller, Nicole Jokic? Well, I, I mean, this is a really interesting question, and there's no right way to answer this. I mean, one way is just, like, if you're creating a list in each four sport, you know, where would that guy rank, and then you compare those rankings. Um, I think Nolan would actually be first. I mean, I think Nolan is probably a top-five player in baseball. I'd go Nolan, then Von, then Jokic, and McKinnon right next to each other. But here's the case for Jokic being – I mean, he's not the most popular, but, like, the top athlete is – Jokic makes the biggest impact out of any of those guys, I think, this last season um, on a game-to-game basis. Uh, he just contributes the most to winning, um, and you know, part of that is just because there are only five guys on each team in a basketball court. Exactly time. right. I agree. Nolan's at the top. I think he's a top three, five player in baseball. I don't think McKinnon or Von Miller or Nicole Jokic, however good a season those guys are having, are top five players in their respective sports. But in basketball, you can have a much bigger effect because there are only five guys on the floor than no one can in baseball. I mean, baseball is such an individualistic sport. It's not really a team sport, I don't think, the way football and basketball and baseball are. Hockey, there's not a ton of guys on the floor, on the ice at the same time. But you got to remember about hockey, with line shifts and stuff, like those guys aren't playing as much as you think they are. So I, th- I think like with Jokic, he can definitely have the biggest impact because that's just how the NBA is. That's just how basketball is. But I would agree with you. Nolan is probably at the top of that list. The next, the other three you could probably sort in any order. No, I might go 
Vaughn Miller and then Jokic and then McKinnon. Is that what you had? Yeah, that that's what I've I've got. Um, you know, if you're just doing this off of purely Q score, I mean, I think we all know who'd be number one. It's Von Miller. Von Miller. Whenever he shows up to the Nuggets games, like people just lose their minds. Like the two, the three loudest times at the Nuggets games when Rocky hits a half court shot backwards, when the fans get free Chick Fil A, yep. when Von Miller's shown on the big screen. Those or are the John Elway. Don't forget about John. Yeah, has he been to a game this year? I don't know if he's been to a game this year. He definitely was at one last year, though. Yeah, and, and then, you know, second on the Q score rating, or if you want to slice it that way, I think it's probably Nolan. I'd agree. Third, in Denver. We're talking about in Denver, right? Yeah. I'd say it's Nicole Jokic third. I think you might be right. Basketball players are a lot more visible, too. Right. I think that helps. Like, he doesn't have a helmet, and he's not in bulky pads either. Yeah. He's just out there with his Nikola Jokic dad bod doing his thing. I think Jokic, people say, like, oh, he's not really marketable because of his, his personality, and he's not your typical American-born NBA star who, you know, is going to promote himself on Instagram and social media and whatnot. I think he's crazy marketable because totally of his agree. personality because of where he comes from, because he comes from Europe and he's, you know, an international guy. I think that's incredibly marketable. And so I think he's got a, a long w- runway ahead of him in that perspective. Yeah, just because you don't have Mamba mentality <laughs> doesn't mean you can't be marketable. I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, I, I would love the challenge of marketing Jokic if I was, I was working for the Nuggets. He's just this unique character. I mean, he, he goes on ESPN before they're about to play Joel Embiid, and he's like, yeah, I mean, Joel Embiid, he's probably the best center in the NBA. And then he goes on TV and works Joel Embiid. Right. Like, you could totally play up that, like, if I, you know, if I was a cynical marketer, like, all these NBA stars, they only care about their stats, and they're posting on Instagram after their team loses. Here's one guy who truly cares about the team above all else. Yeah. That's a great thing Nicole Jokic has going for him, for sure. The last thing I want to talk about here, or at least the last thing I've got, I feel like, and this is going back to when we were talking about the beginning of the show, how the Broncos are just reigning supreme over all other sports in terms of how much coverage they get, how much they're talked about in the local media and whatnot. Actually, before we get to that, here's a quick question for you, or, or a quick point. I'd say the Broncos are the most well-covered team in Denver. I would say the Nuggets are pretty clear number two, just in terms of the wealth of coverage, how insightful, uh, how smart the content is uh, coming out around the team, just how much attention they get you know, just from a coverage standpoint. I would say the Nuggets are two. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, and I, I guess that's somewhat a credit to the people who also cover the team with us. But I think you have to credit the NBA, too, because they encourage smart coverage by having all these statistics available on their website. Like, you can find out anything about the Nuggets if you go to nba.com slash stats. They also make the video available for you. They want you to put all the video in the article. Right. They don't have some stupid social media policy like Major League Baseball does where they want to own all the video and not let it be distributed across social media. Yeah, I mean, the NBA thinks that if you guys want to put this video out there, that's great. That's free marketing for us, and I think that's absolutely the correct way of viewing it. I think baseball and football could definitely take a page out of their book in that aspect. I totally agree. 
What I was getting to, though, was I do feel like there's a responsibility that the major radio stations in this town have, that the major publications in this town have. We're one of them, and I feel like we do a good job of representing all the sports. But there's a responsibility there to promote the team's that are doing well, as simple as that might sound. If the Nuggets are having a great season, you have a responsibility as a radio station to bring that to light. You know, if the Avs are having the season that they're having, you have a responsibility to showcase that. And I think that gets lost sometimes because that's a heavy burden to carry. And, but it's just kind of the reality, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, with radio hosts... I think it's kind of weird because it's not like a newspaper where people who work in a newspaper are journalists. I think if you're like a radio host, you're you're sort of an you're, I mean you're an entertainer more than you are a journalist. So yeah, I mean you want to cover newsworthy stories like the Nuggets having a killer year. It's just a responsibility because you can determine how a big portion of a local sports population thinks, right? Like it's this is a crazy comparison, but it's, it's really the same way that and the same kind of responsibility that news stations like CNN and Fox News and MSNBC have to project the news in a fair and balanced matter because they have the ability to influence how a huge segment of the population thinks. It's kind of the same responsibility that radio stations that get a ton of listeners have in this town. A lot of people are going to base their sports ideas and their beliefs and what they think about teams based on what these guys say. So in that sense, there's a huge responsibility there. Yeah, the other thing I wonder about with the Nuggets especially is, I mean, the ratings have gone way up this year. They're way up in altitude, and, and that's great. But, you know, to watch the Nuggets, you have to, to purchase a, a cable package, and cable is really expensive um, I mean, I pay uh, about 150 a month for my Xfinity package, and that's a chunk of change for the average person. So I'm wondering, you know, when we get to the point, whether that's, I don't know, 10 or 15 years down the road, where, like, you can spend, I don't know, $10 a month to watch all the Nuggets games you, you want to in market, like, how much more popular the team would be? That's an interesting question. Because I have heard, like I'm sure you've heard from Nuggets fans out there, that we don't get altitude, so we can't watch the games, right? Like, if you're in Denver and you buy NBA League Pass, you're blacked out on Nuggets games because it's available on your local TV provider. But a lot of people we know don't have cable because of cost, because of a whole sort of other variables. But they can't watch Nuggets games, and you can't watch Nuggets games if you're in Colorado, even if in, you're in, like, Wyoming and stuff, I think without having altitude. NBA League Pass, if you buy that, you should absolutely be able to watch games in market. I mean, yeah. I get why they do it, don't do it from a, a business perspective, but it just stinks. Hey, if you guys got questions for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. It's a Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Hit us with Nuggets takes, takes about the league, maybe takes about this conversation we just had about sports in Denver. Will that ranking ever change? I don't really think so, but I think it's an interesting topic to discuss I think that's all the time we got for today. The Nuggets are in Oklahoma City Friday night against the Thunder. They've had some good success against the Thunder this season. We'll see if they can keep it going here. And then they are back Sunday against the Washington Wizards. 
should be a good one at Pepsi Center then. We'll have a show recapping that game coming out Sunday night, Monday morning. Talk to you guys then. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue